Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts, specialised experts. Real people who love this stuff, with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder or step out in that streetwear, you'll realise that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash BOF, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash BOF to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash BOF. Performance artist and designer Alok Fade Menon urged the fashion industry to degender itself back at Voices 2019. This year, at our first physical gathering since the start of the pandemic, Alok spoke with a rising star who has taken gender-fluid fashion into the mainstream. Since graduating from Central St. Martin's two years ago, Harris Reed has dressed Iman for the Met Gala, launched collaborations with Etro and Misoma, and made a powerful London Fashion Week debut at the Serpentine Gallery, all in line with a vision for a gender-free fashion industry. 
On this week's BOF podcast, Harris and Alok discuss the opportunities in degendering fashion during their discussion at Voices 2021. So let's just begin with the basics. How is fashion upholding the binary and why is that a problem? Ooh, such a good question. Um, I think from my interpretation as a like gender fluid fashion designer, I think society relies on what it thinks that it knows is right and what it thinks that it's going to make money from. So I think it sticks with the structure that you know men's clothes needs to look like this, women's needs to look like this because we can profit from this because we've seen that from the margins in the past, from the sales in the past, um, and it just kind of keeps perpetuating this idea that, you know, there's this crazy binary and there's no kind of risk there because people, I think, are too scared to kind of jump that, even though when you see people like me and other people that there's a huge kind of opportunity to make money um, and grow business. Right. They're taking arbitrary objects, colors, scents, textiles, and giving them genders. It's so funny to me how they accuse us of making everything about gender whenever they take a literal skirt and say it's different than a pair of shorts because of one piece of fabric, right? And as a designer, I'm curious, do you think it makes sense to be gendering fashion even from a technical perspective? No. I think the thing that's so funny for me and that, you know, I think that we've talked about before is, you know, I've seen even when it was like the Harry Styles days doing that world tour, like I saw after I started doing these pussy bow blouses, it was my interpretation of fluidity at that moment in time, how it kept getting knocked off. But instead of knocking off the world that I was creating and what I was trying to do within my own work, it was just putting, you know, someone in a blouse. It wasn't like the full image within that. So it's, it's quite interesting. And it's something we need to like, I don't know, like grow upon. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's so weird to me because it seems so obvious, right? Mm. We can say literally anybody, any person can wear makeup, jewelry, earrings, a skirt, a dress. So therefore these things don't have genders. And when I tell people that, they obviously agree. Like, Mm. yeah, I could be wearing a skirt right now. But then so many brands tell me, well, even though I agree with you, and then there's a disconnect, and they won't degender their product lines. And what I'm curious is, how could you believe that, Mm. understand that this is a fact, and yet still continue to be committed to making men's garments and women's garments? Why do you think there's that disconnect? I think because what I've realized from someone who, when I'm working with retailers, the problem that a lot of people have is that the system that's in place for the online retail, so there's the men's section, the women's section, they don't have anything already implemented to cross over product. So every meeting I sit with, that's amazing. It's like, oh, we love it. It's gender fluid. It's amazing. You're dressing the biggest people in the world. Oh, come talk to someone junior. And I sit in a design meeting and they're like, oh, we don't know how to do this fluid thing. We don't really know how to make this work. And it's really interesting because then they tell me the technical side of it is this, oh, the software just can't go between is quite archaic. But I'm like, how is your software archaic and you want to believe in the future and a vision, but you can't implement a structure that allows the product to be seen across both gender profiles? So it's really funny because I'm also thinking the millions of dollars that go out and spending a year as someone who's worked with Gucci, worked with Etcher, worked with Matt Cosmetics, Missima, in my two years of my design career. And I can see that, you know, they have multi-minute marketing budgets, but it probably only take a couple hundred grand to redo the structure of a website to then allow this cross-pollination. And also, when you talk to people, and as someone who saves up all my money to buy fabulous things, you know, when Balenciaga releases a men's platform shoe, it sells out instantly. And then I go to the store and they're like, oh, well, we're not going to make them again. It was a small little run. But then all the sneakers are there and no one's buying those sneakers. So, I mean, obviously, no sneaker sales are huge, but in these instances. So it's quite interesting because it's like they need to go back into the company. And it's great. You keep hiring big figureheads to kind of spear this new image and make cute Instagram videos and content. But it's actually about going into the people in the tech department and behind the scenes and actually restructuring that. Because if you can restructure that, how much you would make so much more money. 
because also women's, women's clothing tends to be far more expensive than men's clothing. So if a male customer can be, or you know, non-binary customer can be putting things in their basket from the Blinciaga women's wear runway, as well as they're doing like a Jill Sander men's wear piece and a Harris Reed non-binary piece, and they're putting it into their cart, the sales would be so much greater than having to swap between, and I hate that. And I just think it's like such a no-brainer. Isn't it absurd that they can speak about the metaverse and like virtual reality before removing a binary option on their websites, yeah. right? It, it's a question for me, not about feasibility, but about priority. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think really frustrates me is they, under the pretense of technical difficulties, mm. what they're actually obfuscating there is entrenched homophobia and transphobia. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we spoke about in this conversation was in collaborations that you've done in the past, there is backlash. Yeah. And I think that it's important to name it. Of course, people are going to have backlash because we live in a world that rewards people mm. for participating in gender norms. Mm -hmm. What would you say to brands who agree with what we're saying but are too intimidated by the cultural backlash? I mean, it's like anything. I think anyone who's creating anything worth buying, worth being a part of, there has to be that initial backlash because you're doing something that hasn't been seen before or you're doing something against the grain. And I think it's, it's a tricky one because I think if you can get over those four comments of someone in a country where being gay is illegal saying something quite homophobic to me, then you look at the sales that night and we sold out of that product. So it's showing that there is a fi massive financial gain, but it's, you know, you have to kind of take that risky step. I think there's the technical side of things where you need to get people on your social platforms being able to be going through comments, to be regulating, to be creating a safe space for queer collaborators or queer talent. But you will have a backlash. Like, are we going to get anywhere without, you know, stirring some shit up? No, we can't just have it be a space where we make everyone feel happy and we just kind of revert back to what we think works because nothing doesn't work. So it's something that massively needs to change. And it's just so, <laughs> it's so easy. It's um, and I'm like constantly shocked as a business owner who's only had my company properly for two years. And I'm turning away massive paid opportunities and clients because I just can't even have the full infrastructure to make all these pieces for people because they don't feel like they're being represented or do these collaborations. And it's so interesting that companies continue to, if you're going to rip off something that's fluid, just stick a skirt on someone, but don't actually stick it on a man or stick it on the person that best represents the image that you're going for. Like hire one of us as a consultant, hire someone from the queer community. Um, and also like we spoke all today, it's all about transparency. People want to see what's going on behind the scenes and want to see that you're not just doing something for the marketing and you're doing it for like a real message. And I think you actually standing behind the queer message and taking that initial hate shows that you're an ally and shows that, you know, there's so much growth to be had. Right. Going on a tangent. But. I also think it's important to reframe. Even if there is backlash, they're still watching. Mm -hmm. You know, as gender nonconforming people, we become walking billboards. Everyone's looking at us. Mm -hmm. So we sell whatever you put on us. So it's absurd to me because you and I know that everyone is in our DMs all the time asking, yeah. where do you shop? Where do you shop? Oh my gosh, where's this from? Mm -hmm. Where's this from? They're fascinated by us. Mm -hmm. And so what's really, I think, telling to me is that these companies all want the aesthetics of LGBTQ communities, but don't actually care about our lives. And that's a bigger history of extraction in the fashion industry, where LGBTQ people are mined as inspiration, but not actually seen as models. Mm -hmm or even more insidiously, how we're always the mood board and never considered models, right? And I think watching your career, one of the things that has frustrated me is that people will admire you, will sort of valorize you as the future of fashion without asking, how can I help you? 
there's the presumption of our perpetual resilience in the face of extreme cultural, political, and economic backlash. And so I want to focus on you and your work, because when I think about how when this conversation goes, people just always dismiss it as theoretical or as political or as maybe highfalutin. But you're doing this right now. You give a concrete example that degenerating fashion is not just the future, but right now. How do you decide what kind of collaborations that you're doing? And what have you noticed in terms of audience interest in what you're doing? I mean, it's a, it's a tricky one, because I think as we know, you know, I think like we speak about when companies don't actually you know, care about either you know, who I am, what I stand for, how I identify, they're usually a lot bigger financial gain for me to have because they just want to quick slap a band-aid on their brand because maybe they had some issues with homophobia in the past or being uneducated, so they just want to, let's do a fun collaboration. So for me, when I'm kind of going into a meeting, it's when someone really sits down and actually understands me being not only a part of the design process, but being a part of you know, the image direction, being a part of the narrative, be a part of you know, even what like, outlets that we work with. So it's always a very kind of extensive process, and I've been very fortunate that I have an amazing team around me, but it's, it's interesting because you really see the companies that I've had to walk away from some huge, huge deals because I sit there and I'm like, this is the most tokenism thing I've ever been a part of. Like, this is like, am I really going to sell out? But then you meet a company that's actually, oh, how, like, what is your opinion? Who should we cast? How should this be integrated? What's the narrative? So it's something that's very interesting. I think when it's done right, it really, you know, works. I think, you know, Missima was an amazing example of a jewelry collaboration I just did. We did $1.3 million on Black Friday in jewelry sales of wow. genderless jewelry. Um, which actually still blows me away. And I think that was them actually believing in me getting, you know, the stylist I always work with, the casting director, the team, and actually building a world, not just doing a product, signing a signature, or doing a paid Instagram post, but doing a collaboration. And that is a collaboration that we keep selling out continually and are trying to keep refilling orders. So that's obviously a success story. I've obviously done other things that didn't work as well, but I see when there's a whole brand who wants to deeply understand um, the world and how they can make it really clear and transparent than it does really well. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts. Specialised experts. Real people who love this stuff. 
with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder or step out in that streetwear, you'll realise that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef-grade range recently, and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off-limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Mm. And I think you notice that on Instagram, especially if people see me like Instagram stories and reels and kind of working on the work and putting in the time, they actually see the transparency there instead of some stuff I may be done in the past where I wasn't present for it. And people are like, oh, this is cute. Mm. But there's not that narrative or that actual soul or that queerness a part of it. I mean, I see the hype and the excitement yeah. every time that you drop something. And there's so much evidence there that this is exactly what so many communities across the world have been looking for. It's, for me, a realignment of what the purpose of fashion should be, which is creative self-expression, not social conformity. And I think people are hungry for that. And it frustrates me when people dismiss this as a fringe issue Mm -hmm. or something just for the LGBTQ community. Because actually what it's about is doing fashion, darling. Right? Yeah. Because (laughs) LGBTQ people have been making fashion relevant since the beginning. And for us, fashion was a process of self-making in a world that demonized us, we found worth in creating our own image, right? And I know you and I have those stories of being bullied, being harassed, Mm -hmm. feeling inadequate, and then turning to fashion to actually create a living memorial on our body and alter for our beauty, our legacy, and our ancestry. And that energy is what people want when they wear something. But what frustrates me is how we're literally giving a solution that will make people more money, Mm -hmm. that will actually be relevant to your customers and your demographics, that will prepare you for increasingly diverse demographics, and people continue to shoot themselves in the foot. Mm. What we've seen in the past few years is companies attempt to do this with pretty shoddy interventions. (laughs) What are some of the bad things that we're seeing? We don't have to name names. But what are some of the awkward and uncomfortable things we're seeing with people trying to embrace, quote-unquote, gender fluidity? I think, for me, a lot of it revolves around pride, at least in my opinion, because it's like, I think any queer person knows when pride comes around, and if you have any following, your inbox just gets full of companies I won't name, and it's that quick thing of, like, wear this rainbow t-shirt, come to this fabulous dinner. At this point, I say rainbow's homophobic I honestly think rainbows are a bit homophobic, because it's also, I look at the person, and it's from, like, an email from someone named, like, John Smith. Right. Wear this rainbow. I'm like, John fucking Smith, what do you know about me and my history and who I am? Right. You know, so I think uh, there's so many examples of that where it's just, you know, this kind of 
gay washing for a week of a company, and again, I know this is like a separate thing, and then it just kind of goes back to the norm. Or I think when we see very, you know, even like, cam like the campaigns and the way that things are shown, if I've, when I've seen things being like, oh, look, it's two men in love, look how great, they're like two white, skinny, buff guys. And I'm like, great, cool, that really represents the full spectrum. So it's really kind of just an un-educated like, kind of attempts. And I just, I don't, it doesn't, makes sense to me, or it makes, it just shows one side, which is what you're saying so eloquently way better than I am, but you know, that companies have an opportunity to make more money, to check all the boxes of being a woke company that actually cares about diversity and body shape. It's like all my inboxes are all the time, it's like, oh, can I have like a custom made dress, I'm a double XL, I can't get this anywhere else. I'm like, why is nobody making a double XL? It doesn't matter if you're a woman, non-binary, or a man, why is that not a thing that's happening? Mm. And there's, it's just, like you said, it, like companies are just putting a quick band-aid. I think that's what it really comes down to. It's always like quick band-aid, done, move on to the next thing. It's environmental week, quick band-aid, done, mental health week, quick band-aid, done. And I think especially within this queer sector, you really kind of can make your brand a full circle, full 360 from everything that you know, we stand for and the community. So yeah. They're looking at us, but they're not <laughs> listening to us. Of course. Right? And so what that results is that they'll market for men, for women, for non-binary. Mm -hmm. That's not degender fashion. Right? Degenerative adding, adding another category. Like. Isn't putting us into a third category because all those things were gender neutral. Mm -hmm. All your makeup products, all your pants, all of that was already gender neutral. They were already all being worn by people of all genders, right? Degender fashion looks like here's a skirt. Mm -hmm. You yeah. get to interpret what that looks like, right? Then, secondly, what they do is they focus on the look without actually shifting the infrastructure. So they'll have a traditionally, conventionally attractive, usually white, skinny person do gender ambiguity and be like, we've done it. And that optic is focused on editorial and runway. But when you actually look at their advertisements, it's missing. Mm -hmm. It has to be a prominent celebrity. It can't just be a regular gender non-conforming mm -hmm. person. And it'll be a spin-off with the product line still being men and women. And then the third thing that I'm seeing that's really concerning to me is that we keep on continuing to focus on external optics without the behind the scenes infrastructural shifts. Mm -hmm. And what I was so excited about speaking to you is that things like having a stylist just for men's clothes or women's clothes, mm -hmm. or a buyer in a department store just ser searching for men's and women's clothes, yeah. that's what degender fashion actually looks like. Yeah. It doesn't look like just congratulating you as an individual, but thinking, how can we make this an industry-wide issue to ask why is gender relevant in the ways that we're doing fashion? And then the final thing, which I mean, is I think truly the, the biggest instance of homophobia, is conflating degendering fashion with gray mm -hmm. and like shapeless, yeah. formless wear, where we're all like dressing up for some like military theme party at a Berlin nightclub. And it's like, actually, degender fashion can be beautiful, can be yeah. colorful, can be a dress, can be frilly. When you're making designs, how do you avoid those tropes and stereotypes that degender fashion has to look like rote and uniform? I mean, I think I'm very lucky that my designing has really come through the pandemic. And I think if anything doesn't matter if you care about gender neutral fashion or just want something fabulous, there's this huge overwhelming kind of urge that people want to buy something fabulous over the top and dramatic. So for me, it's great because I'm like amazing. I can be quite tongue in cheek and split the male and the female down the middle. And that's what I'll like make a joke of that is genderless fashion, which it's not. But for me, that's how I kind of find the per performative power behind my clothes with the giant ball gown skirt and the tuxedo jacket and the over the sized hat and veil and, you know, shoes that all then sell out when I put it out there. So it's, it's just, it's an, 
It's tough. It's tough to watch. <laughs> but, it's, but, yeah, but it's hard because then like, you walk into a store and you know, I see like, the gentle neutral thing. And like you said, it's like all the shades of gray. And then I'm like, why is a baggy sweatshirt in a double XS? Like, how, is that, how is that gender neutral? I was trying to push myself. So I went into the men's section at a renowned department store mm. in New York. And I wanted to cry. Like, this is community service to men's fashion, to gender fashion. <laughs> because what they're peddling is creative. It's just, it's tragic for me. Um, the final thing I really want to get to is the future of fashion, right? When the way that I see people speak about your work, they'll often say, like, Harris is making feminine blouses for men, right? Mm. They take the most watered-down version of what you're doing because they don't actually understand that we're fighting for freedom here. Yeah. We're not fighting to decorate another cage. We're not fighting to accessorize a leash, we're fighting for freedom, right? And for me, the future of fashion is one that actually recognizes that there's no such thing as a beauty norm. Mm. What actually there is is just as many ways to be beautiful as there are people. And I see that value system echoed so much in your brand. What do you want to see in the future of fashion that creates a world that recognizes and celebrates the beauty of all people? I think it's a fashion structure that's, you know, 360. I think, like you said, it's doing a campaign that represents everybody. Then after that campaign is shot, you go into your store or brick-and-mortar experience, and that's then emulated on your rack of the mix of, of clothing. It's not about genders. You have a skirt with a jacket with shoes, with, and it's just there. You have size options. I think it's something that's a full experience. You have a runway that has a diverse casting. You have, you know, a team, which I think is really also important, that also makes up people from different social backgrounds and different binaries and different scopes of the the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, and I think it's just a 360 because I think fashion is fun and fashion should be, you know, exciting and over the top and amazing. And it can be super responsible because we're not then just creating this saggy sweatshirt or these disgusting gray pair of trousers to be gender neutral. We're just creating art that people feel like they can live their lives in and be authentic with who they are. And I just think it's just a 360 scope at which we all get to live our kind of authentic, fabulous lives, whether you're John Smith or you're me or you're you, we all feel represented and we all feel beautiful. I think also for me, the future of fashion looks like hiring Harris Reed <laughs> and other trans and gender non-conforming talent who would be there in the room saying, that sweatpant? No, we're not going to do that, right? For me, that's the failure of who's making those decisions. And as trans and gender non-conforming people, we're often spectacularized denied our analytical complexity, made into just a rote image, when actually we should be the leaders, the designers, the creative directors, the photographers, the makeup artists, the stylists, because we built this industry, right? Mm -hmm. And so for me, it really looks like not just at Pride throughout the year, mm -hmm. thinking about how can we uplift trans and gender non-conforming talent, and how can we speak out against the rising wave of transphobia and gender binarism across the world? And I wanted to end on that point, right? We're having this conversation in the United Kingdom where unfortunately there's been an onslaught of anti-trans sentiment. And that's why I think the work that you're doing to affirm gender non-conforming beauty is so powerful. What would you say to so many stakeholders in this room who have been silent about the ongoing plight against trans and gender non-conforming people? I think it's time to speak up. I think it's time to use your platforms, use your social media. If you get backlash, at least you're doing something right. And in the long run, it'll be the right thing to do. Thanks so much, Harry. Thank you, guys. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef-grade range recently, and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off-limits. 
The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.